You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode brought to you by the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, getting to be that time of year for all you fantasy players. Vinny Iyer does a fantastic job breaking everything down. So uh, as you start to head towards your uh, fantasy football drafts, uh, make sure you're uh, getting caught up to date, getting all the latest tidbits you need. From Vinny Iyer over at the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Same as Locked On Browns, available Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's been too long, so uh, good to jump in here um, with good friend Pete Smith as we start to uh, roll back into you know our five episode uh, five shows a week, uh, getting ramped up for camp. Uh, next week, uh, you know, as everybody knows, again, uh, you know, thanks for everybody, you know, reaching out, obviously, you know, for me and my family over the, uh, you know, past week or so, you know, some difficult times. Uh, anybody who's been here with me on Lockdown Browns for a while knows, obviously, it's not been the first one. Uh, let's hope it's the last for a while. But there's business to be done. A uh, hugely anticipated Brown season, which we'll get to in the second segment as, you know, uh, evidence of, you know, how the Browns preseason games are going to be televised. But uh, AFC North news, um, Baltimore Ravens and now the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, throwing some more, you know, maybe used to be town. I mean, both players probably a little bit past their primes, both their names. I'm not really sure what the name of Todd Gurley does necessarily down in Baltimore. Um, but Melvin Ingram to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Melvin Ingram did not record a sack last year. His activity rate was there. It's a player I've always liked. I know it's a player Pete's always liked always been a disruptive presence uh player oh always been better suited to play in a three four than a four three i'm not sure pete so much if this is you know an indictment on you know young alex highsmith the second year edge player about to take over from bud dupree in pittsburgh or just as much as you know pittsburgh's always like to have at least more than two guys and bringing in a player like melvin ingram who can do it from the outside has shown at times he can do it from the inside of the two signings by the two teams in the division, this is the one you kind of raise an eyebrow to from the Steelers. Well, the Steelers, uh, they are interesting in this fact that I, I have no doubt that they get him at a deal. I expect, you know, 5 million would be this late the top, in the year. Yeah. Uh, the top heat mount he could get. So just on that, it's a real value and it makes them better. Well, we know they ain't paying them. They don't pay anybody. So but go ahead. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it gives them another edge rusher. They already have the best, best front four in the NFL, even if they basically put a, a, a body out there at one of the ends. Um, Alonzo Highsmith is, is decent. I, I think he had a pretty good first year, uh, taking over for Bud Dupree. So now they get another veteran, uh, who's, you know, 32, uh, obviously has missed, 12 games the last two years, but when he's been on the field, he's still been really effective and he fits what they do really well. The, 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 the challenge for them is that it puts pressure on them to compete and to be good this year. Like they, that move says to that locker room and that organization, 
you don't get an excuse not to win this year. Uh, and you can make the case that that's a bad idea, but they're saying we're not going to tear this thing down. We're going to try to compete. Uh, I have questions on that front. I still don't know how they're going to cover anybody. I still don't know how they're going to block necessarily. I don't know if Roethlisberger is going to be good, but they, you, if you don't find a way to block that front, they're going to kill your quarterback. And, you know, if this, if the, if this was last year, and the Steelers were still loaded, and they they were able to get, uh, they were able to add this type of player in Melvin Ingram to that front. Everybody would be very nervous, understandably. This year, it's a little less so, just because they've lost so many players. Uh, but that's still a really nice signing. If if he stays healthy, it's a big deal. If he gets hurt, so be it. Uh, it, it takes some pressure off Alonzo Highsmith to come in and play really, really well. Uh, it gives them depth just in case, and it just adds to the rotation. And, you know, if you're the Bengals, you're sitting there looking at Joe Burrow going, we're sorry, we didn't do enough, we should have done more, and this is what's going to happen to you. Um, first things first, um, we've had our, you know, dysfunction over the years of, you know, Screwing up on first names, but Pete's affinity for this new front office, but obviously Pete's still a huge, big Alonzo Highsmith fan. Alonzo, wherever you are, sir, we do miss or you. Alex Highsmith, um, whatever. I, I, yes, it happened. Folks, you know this by now, for God's sakes. Freddie Kitchens was Todd Kitchens for about eight weeks, for God's sakes. Um, it, it, yeah, but like, like Pete said, look, I mean, there's a belief within that Steelers building somewhere that they think if they have Ben Roethlisberger behind center, they have, you know, every possibility to be a contender in the AFC. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know if that's the case anymore right now. But, you know, you have a coach in Mike Tomlin who flat out can coach. There's just no way around it. And he is in this difficult situation where he understands it's probably, you know, looking towards the next version of the Pittsburgh Steelers and who is under center. But if the guy can coach his ass off, you at least might as well try to do something and get him another player in the building. Because, you know, at the end of the day, his modus operandi is to win. That's what you're paying him to do. So at least give him, you know, essentially, you know, another piece of ammunition to go into these battles with. The Todd Gurley signing, I mean, look, J.K. Dobbins looks like he's going to be a fantastic running back in this league, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, Gus Edwards. I don't even know how to describe Gus Edwards, but he just flat out gets it done. He's one of those running backs that nothing about you, look, nothing about him really looks that flashy. But every time you look and you look and it's, you know, 10 carries, 51 yards, whatever, gets the job done. I mean, this is a bringing in a name, but I, I can't even guarantee. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, it would almost be to the point where it's 50-50 if Todd Gurley even makes this team going into week one. Uh, I don't get it. It, it, Maybe they're just looking at this as a lottery ticket, but J.K. Dobbins is really good. And then the moves they've made on the offensive line this offseason really play to the other dude's strengths. Like they they got uh, they got uh, Kevin Kevin Zeitler on the interior. They've got that big freak uh, dude from Georgia or wherever uh, the the giant man that we thought was going to go to the Ravens, and then. Their their center position should be better if that if if they indeed indeed move uh, Bradley Bozeman to center because last year they were sort of downgraded so they've got more power in there to really work towards the a bigger back strengths and then J.K. Dobbins is very elusive and just good I I just I don't know what this says about Todd Gurley's future in the NFL or if they're we're basically at this point saying it's over and you know this is sort of a 
a desperate grab because it has it feels like there had to be teams that made more sense for him than basically fighting for you know hopefully the surprise is the second back on this team or some combo back and maybe that's the thought process is like easing up his workload is going to like help him for the future but i don't know why this really helps them i don't know what the you know like i said the lottery ticket aspect sort of makes sense but i don't know what happens when you win um so like i said i don't know what that really does i mean it's another body but it feels like they could have found a back elsewhere that could have helped them so i you know i don't know if this is like a, a weird uh incentive laden deal where if they basically cut him it costs them nothing or whatever but it has a sort of sammy watkins vibe to this move or i just don't see how this helps them and may hurt them in the end yeah, like they have like, you know, doctors that nobody else has that all of a sudden, you know, Sammy Watkins and Todd Gurley are healthier than they've appeared in years past. And it's a shame for both of them. I mean, both these guys were absolute f- phenomenal prospects. Both of these players were, you know, great, great players young in their careers. You know, some guys just don't come back from injuries the same way. Obviously for Todd Gurley, it was a nagging thing, you know, as, you know, he suffered injuries, you know, past, you know, when he came into the NFL, the severe injury at Georgia. Sammy Watkins just never been the same. These almost kind of seem like agent favors. Like, you know what? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we'll bring your player in. But, you know, like you said, look, J.K. Dobbins going into year two, my favorite back in the 2020 class. You just gave Gus Edwards an extension, showing your faith in him, what you think he can do. Um, Todd Gurley right now isn't even what Mark Ingram was last year. So, I mean, I don't know how this works. And, you know, maybe it is. Look, I mean, there is some sort of favoritism in the NFL where you're going to do these type of things. But, I mean, you know, I can't see a scenario where you're going to say, I want to take J.K. Dobbins off the field or I want to take Gus Edwards off the field to put Todd Gurley on it. I just don't see how that plays out. Um, That move, you know, I mean, that move essentially is, you know, a a fart by a man out in the wind where nobody's there to hear it or smell it. It just doesn't make any sense. It's it's a move. It's bringing in a name. I I don't see anything coming from it. But the Steelers uh, definitely, you know, brought in somebody that could probably help improve that defense. Um, and as Pete mentioned, uh, it doesn't appear like they can cover very well, but by all means, if you can't cover, you might as well try to get as many hats on the quarterback as you possibly can. We're going to get to a little bit more here. Your latest lockdown Browns back to full season mode five days a week. Uh, should have a great guest joining me tomorrow. We'll get that up at some time. I never like to give the names because God forbid something happens and, you know, you know, ships, you know, don't align. Um, but like I said, very excited for where, you know, to be back full time. Uh, juices are starting to flow here. Usually I ask the Mets to get me to about training camp. Um, we're teetering on that right now, but we got more coming here on Locked on Browns. What is your favorite Bill Bar flavor? Did you know that Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors and sometimes the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favorite flavors. And if you don't know the Bill Bar lineup by now, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. As you guys know, mint brownie, my absolute favorite. And if you haven't tried all the flavors yet, get a mixed box. So you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Built Bar flavors are the best tasting, but they're also pretty healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams 
net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED, all caps, no space, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. With the news, Pete, of the preseason schedule being released, um, first thing I'm thinking is this has a very 2019 vibe to it. Uh, all three Browns preseason games in three. It's weird, still getting used to it. Part of it may be, though, the first preseason game, Trevor Lawrence from the Jacksonville Jaguars. That'll get a lot of attention. Um, but here we go again. Very similar to 2019, amping up the hype. Yes, this year it feels a lot different. It looks a lot more legitimate on paper. We have a coach where we've already seen prove this. Um, but, you know, whether, you know, everybody nationwide is ready, the Browns are going to be something be something of a product that there's going to be a lot of eyes on. And, you know, as it picked up last year, and, you know, obviously the playoff game win over Pittsburgh being on Sunday night, uh, here we go again. Um, I think we all believe this time it's a it's a lot more real than it was two years ago about this time. But, you know, the more eyes that come on to you, the more expectations are there. And we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, so um, obviously Trevor Lawrence is a big deal. I mean, I, that may have been – I think that was going to happen regardless of the opponent. I think, you know, as much as the Browns are a product and, and they want to Number one pick in the draft, everybody wants to see it, of course. Yeah, his first game was going to be on national TV even if they played the Lions. Uh, so uh, that's a byproduct. Atlanta – I think it's all about getting the fourth pick of the draft on the field and getting him out there because, you know, it's, it's anyone's guess how long the Falcons are going to matter this year. Um, so you sort of want to be able to Pittsburgh. You sort of want to see him um, and, and get him out there. But the other part of this is just the amount of games that are technically nationally televised. Yep. Um, NFL network, you know, I don't have it, but other people do. And, um, they're putting like, look into that. Yeah, I, I think Uvers should put it on their thing, and that would be great. But you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But the 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 NFL Network I think is carrying twenty three games live, and mm -hmm. obviously they televise them all on replay. So if you just throw twenty three games in the mix that are live, that's a lot of nationally televised games. Uh, so you're you're gonna everybody's gonna sort of benefit. So. There's that element where I think initially it was just the first the two, the Jags and the, the Falcons were nationally televised and this NFL network thing has sort of made it so all three are. So there's no doubt that the Browns are something that um, people have an interest in. They, they, they want to see uh, more of what they are. I mean, they, they were a playoff team. They were good. They, they were, you know, potentially a drive away from the AFC championship. So that that gets eyeballs. But, you know, I, I, I don't hate the fact that they're getting them in on, in on nationally televised and uh, preseason and less so in the regular season, because hopefully we don't see the starters in there too, too much uh, because I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but they do have a lot of players that are really interesting um, for the preseason. Like, you know, tech McKinley may not mm -hmm. be able to sort of be out for the games because they just don't have enough defensive ends. And you've got Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa, Grant Delpit's probably going to have to play. Uh, some of these guys that you have 
the linebackers across the board, some of these greedy's going to have to play. They're going to make him hit somebody, but it, to prove his shoulder is going to hold up before they just say, or roll him out week one against Kansas city. Yeah. Donovan people's Jones, Harrison Bryant, Jordan Elliott. Like as much as everybody's like, we don't want to see anyone play. You take out all the uh, starters and the Browns still have a pretty good group of players that are going to have to suit up and play and get reps. And that will be fun. So I, I do think part of it is just the amount of guys um, that the Browns have there are going to be interesting. Like, just in my own personal opinion, obviously, I don't think a national audience necessarily cares about this, but I, I really want to see Demetric Felton in these type of game, you know, these type of matchups because we may not see him all that much this year. So guys like that are of interest, and and we'll see, uh, you know, probably a lot of Kyle Laletta, um to see if they can either get something for him or to see if they really want to try to keep him uh, on the practice squad or, or something along those lines. So there's a, yeah. And in the Browns offensive line, like I can't wait to see uh, the backup linemen, believe it or not. Uh, mm-hmm. I, obviously I'm a big fan of, of a couple of those guys. Uh, and I want to see the rookie tackle in there. So Forbes, there's a lot Hudson, of, these are guys we want to see Nick Harris. Is he going to be able to hold off competition here in year two? These are things we're looking forward to. So that that's definitely interesting from a, our standpoint. Maybe that's interesting from a national standpoint that I don't think the Browns are going to roll over and die in preseason, even if their starters don't play. So, I mean, look, they, I think part of it, I don't think the national the national networks are sort of worried too much that the Browns are suddenly going to fold like they have in the past, um, whether it was 2008 or 2019. But you know, I, I think they are putting them in a position where they can sort of flex them later in the year as opposed to putting them in a ton of things now and giving themselves that added flexibility. If some of these teams may fall off. If the Browns stay strong, then they're going to be a team that gets sh- uh, shifted into a lot of those type games. Makes sense. And, you know, for look for everybody where this is where, you know, you want it to go and you've all been waiting so long. Again, this is what comes with it. And could be a lot of late night post-game lockdown Browns. That's the case. I'm all for it, Pete. A lot of a t- lot of rumblings, extension wise. Here we are, eight days. I guess I believe it is by the math. I guess before folks start walking in the door for training camp, nothing yet. Do you think we hear anything on anyone within the next eight nine days? <coughs> Sorry, say that again. Extension talk. Eight to nine days out. There have been a lot of rumblings, but here we are, closing in. Do we hear anything eight, nine days Um, in this window? I have to think they're going to get, I still think they're going to announce like three of them at once. Like it's going to be the, the one presser labor, almost like when everybody was drafted, like meet the draft class, meet the extended guys. Yeah. (laughs) Do I think that's going to get done before camp starts? I doubt it. But then again, last year, Miles Garrett was sort of like, Oh, by the way, here you go. It wasn't like rumored. It was just sort of rolled out and done. Um, if they try to announce three at once, it may be harder to sort of keep that quiet. Um, but the Browns front office is back in the building, so I assume they're they're ready to try to get some of those things done. Um, so I, I, I hope I definitely hope so. I just don't know that enough progress has been made. I mean, the 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 figures are sort of there, and it's really just hammering out the details. So I'm hoping that they'll you know it is one sort of giant. Uh, basically move to to really get fans excited on top of all the reasons they already have that they're going to announce what I would guess would be uh, Mayfield 
Ward and Chubb all at once uh, and then try to get guys done like Wyatt Teller and some of those other guys uh, that they like throughout camp. I'm all for it. And uh, I mean, if you want to add any more zip and any more, you know, pomp and circumstance and, you know, anything for basically to put a B12 shot in the Browns fans going into training camp, that would probably undoubtedly take care of all that. We got some listener questions too. We're going to jump into those here next. Continuing along here, Sports Illustrated. It's Pete Smith joining your host, Jeff Lloyd, on your latest Locked On Browns. Baseball season is in full swing. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, the remaining part of the NBA, and all your UFC MMA action. For the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up in bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to try to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. First question here, Pete, and this is actually a threefold, fourfold part question. Biggest veteran camp surprise cut come Labor Day weekend, if not before then. Say that one more time. <clears throat> Biggest surprise veteran cut? Uh, Chris Hubbard. I, and I don't think it, it would be a cut. I think it would be more likely a trade. But he's the one I have the hardest time seeing coming back um, for, for two reasons. One, he costs $3.5 million, which I think the Browns would like to have. And two, the benefit he had last year is he could play multiple spots. And that's kind of a disadvantage this year and that he's not truly great at either of them. Um, he's a, he, he did a great job at tackle in the playoffs. Um, he's not a very good guard. He's he, he's functional. But if you're looking at where the Browns are going, they've got guards and they've got tackles. So that are that are more specialized. So if Hudson can lock down a tackle spot, if they like um, Alex Taylor at a tackle spot. You, um, you're big. You are a big Alex Taylor. fan. I am a big Alex Taylor fan. Um, and they've got they've got like seven guards. Um, so. I, I think I think it might be a trade, but but Hubbard is the one where I could see him going somewhere else to start. I don't know if that interests him. Obviously, his kneecap situation has to be sorted out. Uh, but he's the one where I can sort of see the Browns go. Here's an extra three point five million. We really like the guys we have in house. We can sort of a, uh, afford to move him. I know they like him personally. I know they think he's he's great in the locker room. I, I'm just very curious about that price tag. Would make sense though. Um, you have a bunch of young guys in there not making any change essentially. Um, and the Browns are in a position now where they have more. It's not even a question of moving on from these offensive linemen. These offensive linemen are going to move on to jobs and quickly, and even to the point where some of these guys maybe could possibly get traded, future compensations, whatever. They are extremely deep at the offensive line. And it's a great situation to be in, obviously, but they are in a tough position. And these guys are going to go into these first meetings, you know, eight, nine days from now, understanding that, you know, it, this is a true battle. Um, the first five is essentially set in stone. Hudson, you figure, is safe. After that, it gets really, really interesting. Um, with that, it also goes to Drew Forbes' chances. Now, this is a tough spot here. Again, this front office is not invested in Drew Forbes. They did not bring him in. He was not a part of the 2020 equation. 
Um, athletically, checks out. We never really get to see much in his rookie year. But, you know, Drew Forbes has an opportunity. And, uh, you know, it's probably still an age where some people have their eyes on his situation. I think the biggest question is what exactly – is Drew Forbes in this offense and in a Bill Callahan offensive line system? He's a prototypical zone guard in the, he's, he is, to me, he is going to be a starter eventually. It's just a question of when, if the Browns can't get a deal done with White Teller, then it'll be at right guard. If they can get a deal with White Teller, the way his contract is structured because he opted out, he still has two more years after this season. Nothing. At nothing. at nothing. And then Joel Batonio would be a free agent. And I think then he would be the left guard. Um, but I think whether it's preseason or training camp, I think people are going to find out he is an absolute stud and, and a genuine star type player. Um, that's just a matter of when, and, and maybe the Browns hardball Wyatt Teller, if they feel that good about it, I don't know if that will happen. I tend to think they're going to get that deal done for age reasons, if nothing else to try to make, keep keep both of those guys around because they're going to be younger as the uh, Browns are going to have Treader sort of age out and then Batonio after him. Uh, but yeah, Drew Forbes, I think is special. I think he's going to be an absolute mauler in that, in that uh, scheme. He's every bit the athlete that it, uh, Conklin, uh, Batonio and Treader are. Question is, is, you know, what did the year off do? And, you know, can he hit the ground essentially running? These questions from uh, Send the Playbook. Appreciate that. One more of this, actually, that will tie into this. We have a couple more to, uh, a couple more to get to here. Um, and I'm going to twist this one a little bit. He has it as Felton to replace Johnson, uh, Dearness Johnson. I'm going to move that a little further down the line. Pete, is there a way maybe where, and I know the Stefanski system and where he came from, you know, love the fullback. But for what Andy Janovich did last year, and he was never really involved as far as touching the ball, you're going to play a bunch of tight ends. You maybe have a back running back who could be you know, third, fourth, and Dearness Johnson, a player obviously that they like. Is there a way to maybe manipulate and piecemeal this where maybe you don't need Andy Janovich, but you can keep a Dearness Johnson because you can return kicks. You can use some of the tight tight ends that aren't necessarily in the top of the pecking order. Is there a way to piecemeal this together where maybe Andy Janovich is the odd guy out essentially? No. Um, Andy Janovich is no. really, really, really good at his job. Um, he's a, an outstanding, he's like the premier zone fullback. And I, I wish he caught more passes last year. He dropped too many, and I'm hoping he gets more involved in the passing game because he had a lot of opportunities to be wide open. But he's really good at being a blocker. And I know some of the time the Browns don't use the fullback enough, but relative to what he does for the team compared to what the other two do for the team, he's way better at it. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with the Dearness Johnson, Demetri Felton thing. Um, obviously, special teams is going to play a big role. If Felton, there's no is, way you're going to get, there's no, I, you're not going to get Felton back on the practice squad. I, I mean, mm, even though he was a six round pick, he just does too many things. He does just too many things. There's crappy I, teams out there and the running back maybe. attrition that'll go on through camp and the in and preseason. He just does too many things. I, yeah, there's an argument. I, I'm not convinced you couldn't get Dearness Johnson back on the practice squad, though. And that's the other part of this. Um, 
I like what Dearness Johnson kind of does. Kicking the nuts for Dearness though after last year. Well, he, he, you know, he had some really nice runs uh, when he when he got his opportunities. You wish he, he got more of them, but um, that's sort of the challenge for you. Look, the Browns are good. They have choices to make. They're going to have some heartbreaking cuts to make. Um, I, again, I think special teams is going to sort of decide that position I, with Demetrius. Me, if he's cut and then he, he comes back on the practice squad, um, I don't know how many teams look at him and go. You know, the, the, this is somebody we want to use in our offense. The, the, you know, he's sort of very specific in that sort of circumstance. So I don't rule it out. But, you know, and, and, and Dearness Johnson, you know, they may not be that uncomfortable with the idea that if they cut him, he gets picked up. Uh, like happened last year where the Houston Texans grabbed the free agent, uh, the, the, the odd back out in that situation. And, uh, you know, I think. Dearness Johnson is a professional tailback. He should get a job somewhere if the Browns were to cut him. But if they don't, then he ends up in the practice squad. And, you know, that would be, you know, to me, I'd rather have Dearness Johnson than Todd Gurley. So uh, that's <laughs> sort of where that ends. But, yeah, I mean, look, Dearness Johnson is a nice player. But if he's not returning kicks, I just don't know that he does enough to sort of work, you know, earn that spot. And I think they can put yeah. a – you know, one of the many running backs that they've gotten out of the University of Charlotte as undrafted free agents on their practice squad if they need a, an extra back and then activate them every week. So that's where I sort of like look at this and I go, maybe I, I like Darren Johnson, uh, but I, I don't know if he's special enough to sort of like we have to keep him on the roster. Could be the odd guy out in the game of musical chairs. Uh, last one, uh, Jacob Roche. Uh, first things first, Jacob, always appreciate you. Um, and you know, checking out me and the family, definitely 100% appreciate you. Um, the defensive line position, Pete, it's again, this is another one here. So, very similar to the offensive line, deep, big game of numbers. If it's not because of injury, is there a way the Browns can not walk into this regular season with five defensive tackles on the roster? I, I, I don't see it. I, they have to keep five defensive tackles. They just don't have enough that you can rely on. And and what they want to do divides up the labor, labor so specifically. Um, with Andrew Billings, he's a nose. He is not anything else. So you're not going Nobody else that. does what Andrew Billings does. Nobody else right. does what Andrew Billings does. He's safe in that regard. And and could you put Marvin Wilson at the three? Maybe. Would you really want to? Not, I wouldn't. Um, I think Togi has some flexibility, but does he really have that much flexibility as a rookie? Uh, not to me. So yeah. I think if you're just looking at it, what can you really count on? I would say B- Billings and Malik Jackson, and then maybe Clowney sliding over to defensive tackle. The rest is sort of up in the air. I like Jordan Elliott. I like t- him better last well, Malik year. Malik Jackson last. comes in here that where this is maybe a four and a half. It's not necessarily keeping five defensive tackles. That's the thing with Malik Jackson is he maybe you view it as you're keeping four and a half defensive tackles. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Malik, you know, Malik Jackson can definitely play that big end. I don't know if they will be able to play him at that big end if they if they're not confident in those other young guys. But that's sort of that they 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 have him as the big end, and they can have Jadevian Clowney as the big end. And those guys can both kick inside. Clowney's better at impacting the quarterback from the inside. So, yeah, I mean, that that's that's sort of the trade-off. So 
you have to be more, you have to feel good about what is a second year defensive tackle and two rookies at positions that just demand so much, um, so much physicality and an ability to sort of deal with it with a 17 game schedule now. And like Togi, I, I think he, I, I've said, I think he has a chance to be the best defensive, the, the best player pick they made in this draft, but he's never played over 300 snaps in a season. And maybe that's all they'll need him for um, over the course of the year. But it's, it's, can he survive the long haul? Can Marvin Wilson stay healthy, which has been his whole issue. Um, can he stay interested as well? Yeah. And, 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 and can Jordan Elliott take that step forward? So it would be very surprising to me. It's it you know the the scenario I could see where maybe they they change their courses if they find basically the Ronnie Harrison of defensive tackles that they like out there. But I, one defensive tackles are not easy to sort of get like that, and I think the Browns are have to be pretty happy with what they have or feel confident about it, or they would have kept Sheldon Richardson and they didn't. Well, and the opportunity is there though. If you know Jordan Elliott takes that step. Togiai, Marvin Wilson turn out to be the players you you think they can be. You you know you could be looking at 2022 where your top three defensive tackles are making nothing, literally nothing, which is you know just straight smart people doing smart economics and just going out there and basically turning over rocks and finding players that can get things done for you allows you to apply some you know financial flexibility elsewhere. And, you know, the Andrew Billingses of the world, the noses of the world, they don't command a lot on the open market. So if you got to go find one of those guys to bring in, it doesn't cost you a ton. And it just allows you to hopefully keep this, you know, flow of talent and, you know, keep this window of opportunity and, you know, window of success going further and further. Pete, we're rolling into yet another season of Browns coverage. What can we all expect over at Browns Digest? Uh, I mean, it, it, onward and upward, obviously. Uh, rumor is you're losing. Somebody's leaving the nest, I hear, is the rumor. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sean Stevenson has worked here probably 18 months and managed to get a job where he's going to be a, a social media manager for the Browns. Obviously, you know, when he came in, uh, it was always with the thought process. You know, it was always trying to get him to a place um, – you know, this what there, there there's certainly a possibility where he could have worked here long term and 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 made a uh, you know a living doing that. But his goal, he always had bigger goals. Mm-hmm. So, um, so much of working here was giving him opportunities to sort of flex his proverbial muscle on that front and get better at some of those things. And it paid off. And apparently, it took six job interviews, but uh, he's there. <laughs> the um, gauntlet, yes. But congratulations, Sean. So. Uh, in addition to myself and, and Brandon Little, who's been here for, for a while, um, John Colosimo is doing some writing for us, and then uh, the precocious Evan Crow, uh, Crowell or Crowell or however you pronounce his last name. Um, let's go with Crowell because nobody wants to associate him with Isaiah, but go ahead, yeah. So he's been he's <laughs> been working, and 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 we'll see what else uh comes down the pike on that front, uh, as we get into training camp and, and some of those things. Um, but look, I mean, you know, for Sean, it's a great thing. Um, you know, he's always, you know, my interactions with him are fantastic. Um, and I was kind of talking a little bit through this entire process, um, you know, as he was trying to keep up the pod 
and oh, I got to move this, you know, and literally saying, hey, can you do, you know, a pod with me a little bit later, literally because he had an interview with the Browns. But, you know, Sean, all the best, you know, and congratulations. It's great to see somebody, you know, put their mind to something and, you know, obviously achieve, you know, what they were searching for. That's part of all of this. And, you know, best, uh, best of luck to Sean. Um, don't forget the people, Sean, who were there for you. Right, Pete? Uh, don't forget those. Don't forget those people. Um, but, you know, best of luck to Sean Stevenson. Uh, Browns Digest, SI.com. Um, Pete's baby now for, you know, well over a couple of years. Uh, given this opportunity with Sports Illustrated, taking the ball and run, and it just continues to grow and grow and grow. I'm proud of him. He, he's always worked hard, and just to get a bigger platform and just to make it and extend it and grow it. It's great to see. Um, looking forward, obviously, to you know what 21 will bring us. You know, Pete will always be a part of this. You guys know the way that works. You know, whether you love it or you hate it, it's not changing. Uh, I love working with Pete. We've always had a great rapport. So for those who aren't fans, eh, sorry, um, we'll always find a way to make do. Make sure you're following Browns Digest on uh, the Twitter app. Make sure you're checking everything out on SI.com. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, the show itself at Lockdown Browns, as everybody knows, a follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, the Lockdown Browns follow uh, Lockdown Browns closing in on ten thousand followers. Let's amp that up. Hopefully, get that done by the regular season. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Ignore the check mark next to it. This is still the same ass lame account that's always been here. Always will be. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey. Subscribe, rate review as i always ask i appreciate you all for everything for helping bring this show where it is at this has been your daily delivery of all things dog found lgb on the lob let's go browns